The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. We are so happy you could be with us today. You're listening to Luminating Leadership, and I'm your host, Jeff Smith. Today, I have Petra Platzer on today. Petra, you want to say hi before I do the introductions? Hello. Hello, Petra says. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Petra and I have uh, uh, done a lot of work together, and this topic is really exciting to me. Um, Lots of times we get notes or phone calls during the show. So to reach us during the show, call one 866 472-5788. 472-5788. If you didn't catch that, they'll say it in the next uh, the next break. If you want to email me during the show, it's jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website's voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting. Or you can follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. And so today, what we're talking about um, is moving from an expert to a strategic facilitator, and Petra and I will start to define that here in a moment. But let me first introduce you to Petra. Petra is a PhD. She's got uh, the obvious path from uh, you know, her PhD in molecular biology and genetics to coaching. So we'll have to explore that as we go through. She is the president of Integrative Partners. She's an executive coach, a leader, a speaker, facilitator, and really a great teacher. She's got over 15 years of uh, experience driving positive outcomes in cancer, bioinformatics, genomics research, leadership development, organizational change culture. Previously, Petra and I got to know each other uh, working on the Serving Leader Development Program at Cleveland Clinic. She was uh, instrumental in driving that kind of change, getting worldwide leaders to change, uh, grow their skills, and really uh, uh, put people into a new spot. Uh, She also serves as a co-director of Georgetown University's Health and Wellness Coaching Program and is in faculty at Virginia Sync where she is helping to transform healthcare uh, leaders as they go through a leadership program and coaching and things like that. So again, Petra, welcome to the show. And uh, she is also an avid runner and uh, married to Jay and lots of other great things. So Petra, so happy to be have you here with us on the show today. Thank you so much, Jeff. And it's always good to be with you. It's great to have a conversation. And since you did that nice intro, I wanted to start with a thank you to you because I have a real appreciation that you have this platform for us to share this kind of thinking and have conversation. Well, great. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe tell us, uh, the listener, just first before we dive into the content, the the path from a PhD in molecular biology and genetics to working with coaching and leaders and developing people and organizations. That's a pretty dramatic path. Tell us about that. <laughs> Right. Yes. I, I, you, you might imagine that I do get that question once or twice of how, how do I do now what I'm doing based on where I started? And like you said, it might not look obvious, but 
um, as I've sat and reflected, it's pretty clear to me how I've ended up here. So because when I um, launched into cancer research, it really had to do with a huge curiosity around understanding how our cells are wired and how they communicate and how they can result in a dysfunctional pathway that leads to cancer and ultimately Uh to lots of suffering. So as I was moving through my scientific career and the trajectory, like for lots of us, you know, you move up in the ladder of responsibilities. And one day I found myself as the co-director of um, the Genomic Medicine Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. So at this point, two pivotal things happened, actually. Um, One was that my ascension into this leadership role was part of an org restructure. And the reality for me was that, okay, I knew how to lead a project, and I'd even managed some teams. But this level of leadership was really new. And what I found was one of the things that I prided myself up until that point was, this was a funny little tagline, you know, I, I prided myself in never pulling an all-nighter. And as I moved into this leadership role, suddenly that sentence changed. Mm-hmm. So I fell into the trap that happens to so many of us, which is just overworking, having just huge levels of responsibility, taking it all myself. And so I actually found um, a leadership coach to help me because I realized this was new. So that was one of the pivotal things. And the other was something that you mentioned, which was Cleveland Clinic had embarked on an overall culture change initiative. And so I actually was the um, research representative that got to go through uh, the Serving Leader Development Program. And as I went through that, a light bulb went off for me. And I was like, wow, okay, so I've always been interested in signaling. And here I got to see the signaling among people is really how we can look at this, the health of the system. And so when we, as leaders and as people inside of an organization, however that signaling goes is what impacts and results in the effectiveness of what we're trying to accomplish as an organization. So that launched me in a path of figuring out the next step in my career, which was, okay, now I'm going to look at signaling among people rather than inside the cells. Mm-hmm. And so I shifted over to the work that you mentioned doing in at the Cleveland Clinic around serving leadership. And when I was, I had an opportunity to speak about this work in Singapore. And what I saw there were healthcare systems and everybody was really in the same question. The leaders there had the same question of how do we do this? And so that really catapulted me into saying, wow, okay, this is a really larger question. And so I committed to doing this type of work. And so I got leadership coaching certification, and this is now what I do. I get to talk with leaders and systems. (laughs) And yourself, that's how we got to meet. That's right. I'm excited about that. Me too. (laughs) So yeah, it's a a natural pathway, I know. Yeah, well, you know, it's the road less traveled, but, you know, it's, uh, I like how you've tied it all together, and I know you'll do this throughout the show. What what I'm looking forward to is, um, you know, we, we both work in healthcare a good bit, as well as other types of organizations. And, you know, one of the things when we talk about prepping for the show is this sort of this heroic leadership, right? And, um, you know, I'm the one in charge and, and um, it, it can be good to be sort of this um, expert and, and be able to put the cape on and be a superhero and, and all those. And... 
as you pointed out, it also leads to some overwhelm, some burnout and things like that. So as you think about maybe um, the heroic leader, you know, what is a heroic leader and, and what do you see, you know, in heroic leaders out in the workplace? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd love to take credit for this term, and it's actually something that I learned about from a book um, Mm. called Power Up. Um, And so the title is Transforming Organizations Through Shared Leadership. And so that's what introduced the topic to me as in my own journey as a leader and realizing that this idea of heroic leadership and our org structures can actually facilitate that, the concept of well, that I'm the one in, on top, and, and so more of a command and control kind of mindset, that it's I'm the one who has control and has the power. So it's more of having power over people, and so that can result in the mindset of really, these are the things I have to do myself, mm-hmm. and I have to make sure that others are doing this. But it's still that idea of I'm... And if you think about it in literature, that's where heroic is coming from. I'm the hero of the story. I'm the one who is going to make it work. And so that puts on a lot of responsibility. The shift, then, you can see we're setting up. (laughs) Yeah, no, let's go there. So, you know, part of what we talk about here is this heroic, uh, in our title, we we use it often as an expert, and and we're suggesting a shift over to this strategic facilitator. So in this first segment, we'll go ahead and get all the definitions out of the way, and then we'll we'll start to unravel like, okay, so what do we do differently? But when we talk about strategic facilitator, you know, I really like that term that you're using. Can you help the listeners understand what you mean by strategic facilitator? Sure. And to your point around giving the definition, perhaps it would help to start backwards with the what do I mean by expert yeah that'd be great and in that case it really is if you think about most of our leadership journey and the one that I described which is we as individual contributors gained expertise and so as we moved up in our leadership trajectory that expertise is what put us to the next level of management next level of leadership so we were the experts at the tasks so that's really what I mean by the expert leader This expertise is what got me here. Mm -hmm. All right. And so the shift in the meaning of strategic facilitator. So the contrast here is to facilitate the achievement of the outcome. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean necessarily doing it yourself, but facilitating the outcome happening. So that's the facilitator part of the definition. And strategic, that can mean different things as well. In this case, it's meaning strategically how are you leading yourself as well as how are you leading for the organization and I think one of your previous guests uh, Lee when he was talking about the coaching culture one of the sentences he used really fits nicely here which is leader is the coach translating the strategic intent of the organization so that's oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Lord, Petra, I got to live with, <laughs> with Lee, and you're quoting him. Oh, Lee, you are falling over it, like in love right now with, with Petra. So all I can say is we got strategic planning all say on Thursday, and I don't know how many times I'm going to hear this quote back at me, but thank you for sharing from a previous show. So good. <laughs> yes, yes, that, I thought that might be strategic of me. Um. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, uh, yeah, but, but honestly, I mean, I think, and that's what I meant with my gratitude to you about this platform, because all of these concepts they do interweave and overlap. And so 
the connecting of that concept of that's the leader's role as a strategic facilitator is to translate the strategic intent of the organization and facilitate that outcome through others. Yeah, great. We've got about one minute before we take a break here. Um, so is one, is one better than the other or, or are we going to need both sets of skills? Do we need to understand what it is to be an expert and then move our strategic facilitator or is one better than the other in your mind? Mm-hmm. Wonderful question. Um, it's, as you know, with the polarity thinking, uh, it's never about one or the other. It's understanding and expanding your toolkit to know when to leverage the different skills to have the outcome that you're really looking for. So it's having the ability for all of this and mm-hmm. knowing when to use what. Hmm. Well, that's probably a good place to stop for now. Uh, what a great introduction, Petra. I am looking forward to, let's continue. We're going to continue the discussion, listeners. We're going to really start to boil it down and say, okay, so how do we make this shift? What are some of the ways that we can distribute our power and learn more from the folks that we lead? So it's time for a break. So we'll talk to you in two minutes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. 
Welcome back, and I'm here today with my friend Petra Platzer. And one of the things I enjoy about this show is it, it reconnects me with friends. And so Petra and I, our break, we're just talking about races and, and running together, and we've gone on, on several long runs together. So um, it, it's really joyful being able to work with experts, but it's also friends. And so that, that that's really joyful. Um, Petra, you know, before the break, we've been sort of uh, talking about experts and strategic facilitators. And, you know, we're going to keep sort of unfolding this to understand how do we make shifts. But one of the things that struck me is maybe we need to understand expert and recognize what it is to be an expert. And what's that look like? What are the behaviors of experts? So could you start us on that path first? Sure. And I think that's a really great place because a lot of the clients that I work with and what I experienced myself was the, you know, what I'm doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. I am I am exhausted, I am overwhelmed, and, and I don't know what to do differently. So when I am working with leaders right now, one of the things we do is figure out, okay, what are some of your developmental goals? And cognitively, many leaders say, I know I need to delegate. And I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I need to, but I don't know how. <laughs> I can't figure out how to start. Okay, good. So, so if you find yourself in that question, that is a clue that okay, I'm on. I'm on. I have this muscle well built. And and then you know, so it's recognizing. And some of the ways you can find this out is asking yourself, or if you hear yourself, when others, when you're superior. When others around you are saying, hey, delegating might really help you get more sleep or be able to get to this meeting that you keep missing. If you ask yourself this question and then you hear yourself saying, yes, but hmm. I can do it better. So that's one clue. That, hmm, okay. And another one that I hear frequently is that, well, they already have so much to do. I don't want to give them more. So I'll just do it myself. Yeah, I call that the uh, pre-rescuing. You, you never <laughs> gave them a chance to prioritize, or maybe that had been something they wanted to do, but you look down and you kind of go into that heroic mindset of, oh, I better not. They, they're so busy. And so you become that hero of the story. So I think that's great. Yeah. What else yes. you got? And the other is, well, I don't, and, and this one is harder to acknowledge to ourselves, but the kind of thinking that says, ah, I don't think they can. Mm. Or, you know, so like, let me complete that thought, which is I don't think they can do it to the level that I would want it done, which again is coming into that expert mindset. And when that comes up, that is something that we can, there's a wonderful resource around to understand if maybe what's at play is the idea of holding on to having to do things perfectly. Mm. So one resource that I found really has been useful for some of my clients is a book by Brené Brown called The Gifts of Imperfection. That's great. I haven't read that one. I've read some of her other work uh, around, yeah. um, you know, a lot of vulnerability and things like that. So I really enjoy her writing. So uh, what was that again, Brené, Brené Brown? And it's... The Gifts of Imperfection. Uh, Gifts of Imperfection. Yeah, I love it. Yes, yeah. And one of the elements, and there's several guideposts there, and one of the elements that I've found, just leaders saying to me that, ah, this is the one that hits for me, is the idea around self-compassion. That's good. Yeah, because now that you're in this leadership role, and we want to do the best, we are committed to the organization, 
and we want the best to come out. And so there's a difference between striving for the best and striving for perfection. One is very constructive and one can be destructive. Yeah. You know, I've got a couple other guideposts I'm just going to uh, offer up for experts to, to be aware of. Uh, Petra's given us several great ones. Um, you know, another one I think it's um, if you notice that you're defensive around feedback, and you think that sort of, she alluded to this earlier, Petra did, about that your way is the right way, and you're a little quick to defend your your thoughts. Um, uh, again, continuing this question, do others measure up to my standards? You know, it's kind of interesting. Not what the standard is needed to do the job, but my personal standards. So if you kind of walk around with some standards in your head that, that are maybe beyond what's required by the performance review, maybe even the sp- specifications by the customer, but you have these standards walking around your head, then you're probably in in expert mode. Um, It's also if you sometimes find yourself maybe being dismissive of others because they're not an expert, you know, and I see this, especially in technical fields, whether it's, you know, um, physicians to programmers to CPA to an architect, well, the other person, they don't do it quite to the standard or to the right way that I want it done. And that makes it hard for them to, back to your point, delegate and to grow others. You know, do you see similar things in your clients? Yes, absolutely. And that's where yeah. we spend a lot of time talking around that. And the shift is letting go because that's the part that was rewarded and led to this role of leadership. Mm. So it's understanding that, yes, that's what, in Marshall Goldsmith language, that's what got you here, but it's not what's going to get you there. It's understanding that you are now in a new sandbox. Yeah, tell me more about that letting go. Like, whew, that's kind of tough. You know, I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, I understand I love Goldsmith, you know, but I was successful because I was this awesome, you know, IT developer or this, you know, fantastic physician. And now I'm leading others. And you want me to let go? I mean, the thing that I've worked on for 15 years and, and mastered my craft, it, come on, Petra, let go. You're, you're crazy. I think you're smoking crack is the technical term. yes yes that is quite technical (laughs) and that's and that's honestly why this isn't as simple as you know you go to a class and suddenly this light switch goes on and and it just happens it is Mm -hmm. a shift in your mindset it is having to think about well part of your identity and who am I and what is my role and mission now as a leader and so that's part of what this title is talking about it's starting to give the okay that yes you were an expert to come into this role and now in this role in order for you to be expert it's expert at being a strategic facilitator Mm. oh that's great language yeah i was with a chief medical officer yesterday and that was just to her point literally you you know it was almost like you were in our uh, coaching session (laughs) she's like jeff you know like when I was, you know, I want to say the type of doctor she was originally, but when she did that, she's like, I understood what I was supposed to do. Even when I sort of moved up to the chair, it was, you know, contained. It was kind of, I knew what I was supposed to do. But now I'm a chief medical officer for a large system and my days are confusing and almost never everything gets done. And, you know, I start to talk to her a little bit about this strategic facilitator role. And I really talked about shaping a container where the right conversations could happen, the, the people on her team, the physicians, vice presidents, that they could come in and have all the tools, resources, and the type of culture that they could achieve their best work. And so it's more of a, you know, it's creating an environment 
as a strategic facilitator and not always having to do that work. And she got it, but she's like, oh, this is going to take a moment. You know, this, I'm not going to make this transition overnight, am I? I'm like, oh, no, this is going to take yeah. a moment. <laughs> Absolutely. And I really like that concept around the container. And, yeah, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so back to your question around the what is the letting go? Yeah. You know, that's been the, with your example of I knew what I was doing up until a point, the starting out on a new playground where you don't know as much about what you're doing, that can feel disconcerting and you want to hold on more mm-hmm. to what you do feel comfortable and strong at. Yeah, you know, I, <clears throat> this goes in line. I'll be curious about your thinking a bit here. Um, I know I've gone through this in my own career. Um, at first, we're pretty good at delegating off our weaknesses, you know, so I was never really great at sitting down and doing budgets and that detail or any kind of thing. Um, and so that wasn't that hard for me to delegate. But as I started my own company, you know, I was a good uh, facilitator and teaching in the classroom and even some of the coaching assignments. But there were others in my organization that could do that. But those were my strengths. And learning to delegate that away Boy, that, that was hard because back to your point, my identity was, wow, I'm a really good facilitator. I'm a good coach and I'm also the face of my company and suddenly I'm going to give that to other people. You know, it, it, it almost was like I was in competition sometimes with my direct reports. Even though I hired them, I wanted them there, my, my own self-worth was kind of tied up and learning to delegate those strengths and letting other people represent, whether it's my department, my organization, and in my case, you know, my company, it took a moment to get there. I got to tell you, Petra, that wasn't easy. Yeah. And I think that's one of the underlying things to really understand is that this is a shift. This isn't mm-hmm. a switch. And it does take time. And that's why having self-compassion while you're in the learning journey is really huge. Sometimes it will work. Sometimes you'll say, mm, that one didn't go so well. <laughs> what did I learn from this? You know. How about any other examples on the letting go? What I think I think we'll do here is we'll wrap up sort of this part of it, and then we'll pick up in a moment on the uh, how do we make that transition to the stru- uh, strategic uh, facilitator. You know, so I so I love this. Uh, you know, uh, working on some self compassion, um, this uh, gift of imperfection book. You know, I think those are great. What else can I be doing to learn how to let go a little more effectively? I would say one thing that I've heard back from some of my clients is the what you mentioned around you know hey I've become the master mm. and it's it's letting go of the master at what in that you're replacing that at what mm-hmm. so it's it's also having the understanding that we're in a continuous learning journey you know mm-hmm. as we are moving up in leadership because it can feel like well I reached the top I'm supposed to know now because I've gotten to the top of my path. The reality is once you get to this step, you've just started a new ladder. Mm, fascinating. Yeah, so, you know, I think um, a couple things that I recommend here is this is the value of a coach. This is a value of a thinking partner, um, a mentor, so that they can help you sort of navigate this and be able to think through, you know, what are the possibilities? And being able to really start to say, you know, what, what's that next spot? Uh, I recently took uh, one of my clients through sort of the compassing model of the C-suite and, and really asking them to start to say, okay, from where you are as a vice president, you're, you're trying to get to that C-suite. You know, what are some things that you're going to leave behind 
And what are some things that you're going to have to pick up on that journey and letting them sort of understand that there are things I'm going to have to leave behind and how do I invest made it concrete for them. And we're able to sort of write down two or three things that we're going to work on over the next six to nine months. So I'd also, you know, get that uh, maybe a competency model as well as a discussion with a mentor slash coach. How about you, Petra? Any other suggestions before we go to break? I'm so glad you mentioned those because those are great. Having somebody to speak to and a mentor and folks that you are noticing that are doing this well, you know, reach out, talk to people, start to understand what's their journey and getting the input. And the last point being exactly what you said. As you're adding things onto the plate, your plate is only one size. Some things have to come off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the start stop continue is a great exercise for that. Uh-huh. As well as, uh, you know, again, reading things like, you know, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, excuse me. A- a- and also just, you know, taking the time to say, all right, this is what I'm going to work on. What we're going to work on right now is taking a quick break. So we'll be back in two minutes to make that shift over to Strategic Facilitator. See you in two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Aliens with Gas, we are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix, a phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. 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 All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
Welcome back, and we are so glad you could be with us today. I, I know you come in from all over the world. I got some notes from Canada, Abu Dhabi, and Denmark in the past week, as well as uh, even from Harrisonburg, Virginia, and Nick Langridge. Thanks for giving me a shout-out from GMU. Today, I am with uh, Petra Platzer. Petra, is uh, she has her PhD, is an executive coach, a leader, teacher, facilitator, and all-around just amazing person that does a great job coaching her clients. We've been talking about the shift from expert to strategic facilitator, and so we're just uh, we're halfway through the show. Uh, Petra will be with us throughout today. And Petra, let's pick back up now. Of okay, we've recognized ourselves as an expert. We're starting to let go a little bit. But how do we make that shift into that strategic facilitator space? You know, what are some of your best practices or ideas about getting people there? Hmm. Yeah. So as we also talked about, the shift um, takes time. Mm-hmm. And so the first step is recognizing and honestly committing to the fact that you want to make this shift rather than I need to make this shift. It is deciding that I want to make this shift. Yeah, that's, uh, 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 we, we talk a lot about deficit-based thinking versus asset-based thinking, right? And so that's, yes. uh, you know, someone could be making me make that shift, but we really want to be in that creative space of, I want to, I call it waking up from the zombie zone, like where you're kind of going through life and it's like, life's kind of going on and you kind of have this gentle tug of like, I need to do something different. And a lot of people don't get out of the zombie zone. They kind of finish their career, you know, not kind of in a zombie zone versus what we're suggesting is you hear that tug and you're like, hmm, I really want to change and go find how do I get better and take it to the next level? So this is that waking up. And to your point, it will take more than a minute and you have to want to do it because it'll take a moment to to do this and you're going to try new behaviors. Yeah. All right. So so I've got the want. Okay. What's next? You have the want. The next is to have a clear description of what is it you want. So mm-hmm. to say strategic facilitator is a way you're operating, but what is the actual outcome that you want? Mm-hmm. And so usually I work with clients because originally the definition of delegate might look something like, well, give them stuff off of my plate so that I can do other stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it might look like that. Now, as a strategic facilitator, in that mindset, it's a, I want to develop the team and those around me so that we are accomplishing this outcome. So it's this understanding around, it's now sharing the responsibility rather than it's all my responsibility. Uh, yeah, and look at that. So you can really see that move from that uh, heroic spot to shared leadership, right? Yes. And and I love the language there of, you know, wanting to develop others so that we can achieve, you know, our shared desired outcomes. You know, that's that's really great. Um, And I can see myself coming alive in a coaching session with you, Petra, about that. So so that's good. So now I'm starting to accept that mindset. What else is going on for me? So now that you've defined, okay, so this is, I want to develop and have others taking on stretch assignments, doing things Mm -hmm. above in Mm -hmm. order for us all to get there. Um, The next thing is really to check in with yourself of, so how am I holding the people around me? Do I look at them as capable? So to, to what the point you made earlier about, are they able to do it as well as me? That's a different question than asking yourself, do I think they can do this? 
Mm-hmm. Rather than the evaluation as well as me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm chuckling. I was with uh, John Hagmar this morning. Uh, uh, Crass Commercial coming. We are launching our book June 15th. So we're doing the video shoot for Mark Dean and, and all that today. And so I was interviewing him. And this is really when the company took off was he no longer had to be sort of the hero and John's a big personality and, and come in and save the day to, you know, are others capable and he could look around and say, not only were they capable, they took it to new and different places. And so his role shifted from having to be the expert in the technology, in knowing school systems, to really uh, being the facilitator of, hey, I got, I'm hiring the right talent. I, I'm giving them enough direction, but I'm also giving them enough latitude to go solve their own sets of issues. And it took him, he says, a good year. He's kind of a lost CEO for almost a year because he wasn't quite sure of his role. But once he redefined it, mm-hmm. he saw that how capable people were and that there still was a role for him to, to bring in building relationships, to talk about the organization to the community, to go secure funding. It was just a new set of challenges that he really grew into. But he first had to change that mindset that you talked about. Yeah, that's a great example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How yeah. about you? I, I'm sure you've got case studies. You know, do you have a client that you're thinking about that that has is on this journey from the the expert to the strategic facilitator? Honestly, most of my clients are somewhere on this journey. And okay. um, for the, it's funny because I was just thinking of when you said CEO. Um, for the next element, you know, once you hold them as capable, mm-hmm. the other element is around. Tr- do you trust? Ah, uh, yeah. And so that was something actually that just recently, uh, the other week, in a meeting with the sponsor, who is the CEO and my client, we were having a conversation around his goals around delegating. And I was really impressed when the CEO said, you know, I see delegation here on the list, but I don't know anyone who can delegate well to a team they don't trust. So how do you, you know, feel about trust with your team? And so I thought that was really insightful. So he, in his own leadership journey, he said the first thing that he does when he moves into a new role is to focus on team building. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, uh, boy, that's a, an insightful uh, leader you're working with, you know, I wish, I wish they were all that good. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I, I did do a little dance, <laughs> you know, like beautiful. <laughs> I just like, you know, sometimes as uh, people think us coaches that, you know, we, we're not, uh, we can be a little serious or people think that, uh, you know, we don't celebrate and all that kind of stuff. I love a little dance picture, you know, ah, when you <laughs> have that breakthrough with a client or, you know, your, your leader says something like that. We do, we come back and high five or I come home and talk to Beth and say, boy, this client, they had this awesome breakthrough today. So so a little uh, inside baseball there. We, we do do a dance as well and high five and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else in the in that shift over to strategic facilitator that would be helpful for us to know? So um, there, there are two other elements, and okay. I think you mentioned one earlier, which is around feedback. Ah, yeah, sure. So when you are facilitating something, one of the questions is, well, how's it going? Mm. Um, And so often when we are still in this expert mindset and we are the hero, as in any hero story, we know our intention is good. 
and we know that we are trying everything in our best to have a good result. The question is, well, what does your feedback say? How does your team feel? How are you getting feedback around that? When you're in this mindset around strategic facilitation, it's important for the effectiveness of everything to really have a feedback process live, not just an annual, but to say, how are things going? Is this working? And have that kind of an open conversation throughout the process, again, as part of the shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked a little bit about this in a previous show, but you know, I really love the after action review. Um, yeah like at the end of a meeting, end of a offsite, end of a project, so that it doesn't build up over the course of the year. And I will tell you that um, sometimes I can be a little um, thin-skinned or defensive myself um, around feedback, but the after-action review um, really helps me get laser-focused and know that the intent is for us to all get better. And so I would just encourage folks, you can look it up. We won't go into a whole full-blowing on it today, but look up an after-action review and use that as a process. That has really helped me make that, this transition to that strategic facilitator. Awesome. Yes, that is wonderful. <laughs> um, and the one other thing is, in order to delegate, it means you are making requests of somebody. You're mm-hmm. asking them to make a commitment. So the other element really is around commitment management and making effective requests. So you are developing and giving people the opportunity to work into things. The shift now is instead of telling somebody what to do and perhaps micromanaging and hopefully not and just saying, well, this is how it should look. When you are strategically facilitating, you are setting the vision of here's the outcome I'm looking for. And not managing the way somebody goes around doing that. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. And there's such a big move from command and control over to this spot. And, um, you know, and, and I love the two-way feedback process that will be going on between the leader and the, the subordinate, follower, peer, whatever. You know, that the, the, there's really going to be feedback flowing back and forth in commitment management. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The thing around commitment management is often we think we have a commitment from somebody when we say, this is what we need to do, and there's a head nod. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's, okay, here's the result that we are looking for. It's being very clear on the who, what, when, Mm -hmm. and and making a clear request, and then somebody making a commitment and saying, having the ability to say, yes, I will do this by then, or no, I cannot do this, or renegotiating. Oh, that's good. All right, so um, Petra, we covered a lot of ground in this. We'll come <laughs> back and do a recap. Um, a real quick one on this. Uh, I love the book. I know we've both used it. Winning with Accountability by Henry J. Evans uh, is a great one. If you're thinking about how to make commitments and delegation, um, Winning with Accountability is a, a great resource. When we come back from break, we'll give you some more tips and tools. So we'll talk to you in two. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I'm here today with Petra Platzer. Petra and I have been talking about the shift from moving from an expert to a strategic facilitator. And we've been talking a lot about delegation and uh, why is it important? How do you let go of things? So we're going to wrap up the show today with just some discussion about uh, some of our tools and tips. Just so you know, we'll continue this discussion next week with uh, Jennifer Owen Oakwell. I'll talk about that a bit at the end of the show. But, you know, Petra, um, one of the things that I think people worry about is, you know, it's got to get done. Does that mean that I'm responsible for all the work that gets done below me? Do I physically have to do the work below me or am I just accountable for that? Maybe we can start with that and then we'll move into some delegation tips. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that is a wonderful thing. And if the listeners take away one major message from this entire show, it's this idea that as a leader, it's not that you are doing everything. It is that you are accountable for the end result that you and your team are achieving. That is the fundamental shift. Yeah, and you know, what's interesting is that makes make some people even more scared, you know, because <laughs> I'm still accountable, but I'm not the one responsible. So why would I give that over to people again? Remind me. Yeah. So if so, this could be a self, it's a pulse check for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling that you have too much on your plate, that you are overwhelmed, that it's the amount of complexity that's ahead, that you are spending your time on the tactical and the things that are really strategic for the organization are not 
where you're able to spend your time. These are all signs of, hmm, there could be a different way that could be more effective for everybody. Yeah, that's funny. The vice president that I was working with yesterday literally said, Jeff, I can't tell you the last time I had time to think. Yeah. And my job is to be thinking where we're going to be in market two and three years from now. And I just, uh, using Scott Evelyn's turn, I'm so racked and stacked day in and day out. When do I think? And so we're really working on that mindset shift. And we're going to be working on her, her delegation skills so that we can figure out. And, and it's this conversation about what is she uniquely qualified to do? Like, what are her unique gifts and responsibilities so that she can figure out what to keep and what to delegate? And the positions she sits in the organization, when it comes to figuring out resources and figuring out where the strategy is going to go and what markets are they moving into in the next two to three years, that is her responsibility. She has a gift to do that. Now, getting all the marketing materials out each month in and month out, there are others on the team that could do that. And when she's at her best, she doesn't get trapped with that. But she goes back to the other thinking. But when it gets busy and overwhelmed, she's over there checking in on, you know, wh- what stuff's on Google Ads this week, et cetera. You know, so so it is it's still um, a shift for her at this point. Yeah. And what you just said was what what she is uniquely qualified to do that mm-hmm. others cannot. Those yeah. are the responsibilities. The rest is the accountability. Mm hmm. That's good. So there is a distinction between what am I responsible for doing myself and what am I accountable for that we get done. Ah, Petra, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'll, I'll recap a couple of things I heard today. So mm-hmm. I love this uh, sort of idea of, you know, uh, Brene Brown's book about the, you know, the gifts for imperfection. Uh, you talked a little bit about power up. I, I threw in winning with accountability You know, what what are some other maybe tips or tools for folks that are trying to get better at this shift to strategic facilitator, this this shift to delegating more? What what suggestions do you have for us to continue our uh, learning journey? So in addition to the resources that you named, some of this is the Mm self-reflection and talking with a mentor or a coach. But some of the questions to check in on with yourself is really to start with what is your comfort and discomfort level around delegating and sharing the responsibility. Like you said, for some people that might sound like, that's actually worse than me doing all this. <laughs> sure. And so that check-in is, okay, that lets you know something to check into because you're not going to be able to just shift and do the task without understanding what's getting in the way, what makes you uncomfortable. Another thing is, to really check into what elements create trust for you. What is it that you need in order to feel trust in others? And then looking at those around you to see, are those elements present? And if not, what are ways to start having conversations to build trust and being transparent so that your team is able to have open and transparent work and responsibility conversations to create the trust needed for this type of shared responsibility. Mm, good stuff. The other thing I would really say is, is okay, now you've got all the concepts. Start thinking, what's a pl- safe place to experiment? Right. Start making little experiments and figuring out, well, sometimes it's around, well, the risk is too big if it doesn't go great. So start finding mini experiments where you feel it's a tolerable amount of risk to see what's possible. Yeah, I'll go back to my earlier example of budgeting. 
when I took over department or moved to a new area, um, I wouldn't do budgeting. I wouldn't ask someone to learn budgeting when we only had three weeks. I normally put it a year out so that we would have time together. And as we got closer and closer, they were carrying more and more of the responsibility. But I didn't throw that on them at the last minute where failure was was large. It was, let's learn together over the course of this year. And when we were divided up sort of in monthly chunks, it was doable. So I think there, this requires some planning and thinking ahead as well. Mm-hmm. Which comes yeah. back to the, it's, it's being strategic. Mm-hmm. It's getting yourself out of the weeds of doing and saying, if... Can somebody else be doing this so that I can pull back and be strategic, take that time to slow down and think, back to your other example, and create these opportunities and experiments? <sighs> I can just hear my, some of my listeners saying, but you don't live my day. I don't have time to think. <laughs> ah! uh-huh. and that's, that goes all the way back to our original comment, too, though, that this doesn't happen overnight. This isn't a, a shot you got, you know, uh, at the doctor's office and you're, you're suddenly a master at this. This is truly a journey. This is why uh, Petra and I are here, while we're going to continue this series, is we want to be here to help support you. And really, you know, to make this kind of transition, it's a good six to 12 months of really working on yourself and noticing. And then a year and a half later, you realize, well, I can't remember the last time I did some work. I, it happened. You know, I, I wish there was an easy finish line, you know, kind of like our races, Petra, but it's not quite like that, is it? No, it isn't. And it, and coming back to that metaphor around races, I mean, nobody starts saying, okay, I'm going to go run a half marathon and can do it from day one. You start mm-hmm. with, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to go for 20 minutes and we're gonna, I'm going to build that muscle. And when that gets easier, then I'm going to extend the time. So it is this chunking. And that's why I said one of the first things is to consciously decide this is what I want to do because I understand the result is going to give a better outcome than what we have now. Ah, fantastic. So let me uh, just tell you about next week. Jennifer Owen Oakwell will be back with us. She's going to be, what we're calling next week's show is Share the Load, the Give and Take of Deliberate Delegation. We knew we had Petra on. We're going to get down into some really the practical, how do you look at your calendar, what do you delegate off, and um, get really specific next week. So please join us back next week. Uh, Petra, it has just been a joy to have you on the show. It, it, really great insights. And so thanks so much for coming on the show, and I look forward to our friendship continuing through the year. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It's been Absolutely. wonderful. Absolutely. So during the week, you know, if you want to reach out to us, uh, multiple ways to get us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting. You can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Also, our website's uh, voltageleadership.com. If you want to try to email me, it's Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Or if you want to call us during the week, it's 540. 540- 798-1963. We'd be happy to help you with your shift on this journey or helping you with your leadership needs. You've been listening to Illuminating Leadership. I've been, I am Jeff Smith. I've been with Petra Platzer this week, and we hope you learned a few things this week. In the meantime, take care, have a fantastic week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.